0: Welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward, joined by a very clutch, Sean Vergovin, stepping in literally as of two minutes ago, Tops. And so, tops. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, Jeremy's still out dealing with his you know, medical issues and the stuff that's coming from uh, his COVID experience, and so. Continue to wish him well. Um, sucks he's missing this episode though, because we are going to break down a little bit of basketball. Before we do that, we're going to talk football. And before we do that, you can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify and listen to our shows. Do the favorite thing, the like thing. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Trouble with the Snap Podcast. So before we dive into this weekend's big game that snuck up on us to a point where i didn't even know it was happening until like monday um <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk a little bit about football um uh, look now one, one thing that i think is just absolutely stupid and it's in regard to this covid season that the players who uh you know what we're going to give you an extra year if you were around when uh, the shutdown happened and uh you know, seasons were limited or teams waved a white flag or whatever it may be, uh, is now you have players who have played for four years coming out. I'm, like, I'm declaring for the NFL draft. Really? Thanks. You know, I mean, that's not a shock. You should go Aiden Hutchinson. You are top five <laughs> worthy pick. If you pick. And so, yeah, you should absolutely go. Thank you for... Declaring intentions to do so and
1: <laughs> not
0: for the Heisman Trophy. A uh, lot of that maybe as we've previously discussed on the show. That that said, yep. David Ajabo declared for the NFL draft, and at that I completely understand. He does not have the seasoning of Aiden Hutchinson, so to speak. Um. But I'm I'm a little concerned about this, and it's not it's not just because of his play during the Georgia game. You know, it's more because of when he played during the Georgia game, which was predominantly on passing downs, and he didn't really uh, play much on uh, rushing downs.
1: Yeah, He, uh, a Jabbo is he is. Uh like that Jadavian clowny type of player where he they're going to put him in on true passing downs and be like hey you have one job get to the quarterback the problem is is i mean we saw it with the Michigan Georgia game right like Georgia was not afraid of Hutchinson they ran right at him and made him look pedestrian like they he was he was not a Heisman runner up in that game like they ran right at him and said, We're not even we're not even worried about you. He got four tackles and I think one tackle for a loss that game. I mean, he was getting bullied by a left tackle. That's really what it was. He was being bullied by the tackles. And so there you got a you got one of the best pass rushers in the in the Big Ten declaring for the draft, playing purely as a pass rusher. And I mean, this this reminds me of Shakur Brown last year. Like we both thought, hey, probably third, fourth round guy definitely has the talent right Mm -hmm. and declares declares for the draft round five hits and we're like oh this is his round and then and then we get to round six and we're like what round seven we're like how is nobody taking him i could absolutely see ajabo going that same route now what ajabo has working for him is guys like frank clark uh rashawn gary all of these um defensive linemen out of Michigan who are doing well in the NFL or at least contributing significantly in the NFL that some team will probably take a flyer on a job. probably in the third round, I would say. So I, I, yeah, I absolutely could see drafts have them in the top 20. I could not like, that's the thing is I can't see it. I can't.
0: Yeah, yeah look now here here's my thing is I, i'm kind of on the same page i i don't know where i doubt he's falling to the third round just because you know uh, these types of things are usually based on potential um but yeah I, I'm, I'm with you in the i would not take a mid first round pick i would not use that pick on a one-trick pony no. And that's what he is. He, he gets after the quarterback. The difference between him and, I mean, you brought up Clowney uh, is, A, you thought you could potentially turn Clowney into a complete G-G defensive end. Yeah, a, a complete defensive end. And, B, he's athletic enough where if you wanted to stunt a couple things and you wanted to uh, – play him as an outside linebacker or something like that where he's in a little bit of pass coverage he's freakishly athletic enough to where he could have done that Ajabo, not one of those types of guys and so i'm i'm not shocked that he's going pro he's absolutely going to get picked i won't be surprised to see him fall a little bit later though after how michigan used him not necessarily his play how michigan used him in uh that game against georgia Um, let's turn our attention really quick because obviously we do got to get to basketball, but I want to turn our attention to the three, uh, Michigan state football players that have come out and said something, I'm not counting Ronald Williams that we knew he was going to come back. Um, but I mean, man, did he step it up at the end of the year? Um, you didn't hear his name at all, which is a good thing if you're a corner, because normally when they're talking about you, you're getting toasted or you're picking off everything. Or you're just was yeah. Denard and people are still stupid enough to throw to you. Um, <laughs> but there's a uh, uh, – Jalen Naylor has declared for the NFL draft.
1: Yep. Not surprising, uh, in my they... opinion. Not surprising. No? No. Well, so look at – so. Out of the out of the three of them, right? Uh, uh, Naylor and then uh, Jaden Reed has said he's coming back, right? And then yep. Xavier Henderson, the, he's, he's coming, coming back. back. He's he's coming back, right? So yep. out of the three of them, Jalen Naylor is the one that honestly doesn't surprise me the the, the most. Like and it was one of those that I absolutely could see happening. And when you look at the totality of it, of his career at Michigan State, right? He is. That barn burner, he's gonna take that five-yard crossing route, ninety yards to the house, right? That is his guy. He's the deep threat. I'm gonna burn everybody off the line. That is what he's done his entire career at Michigan State. He's done it well. But the other thing he's done at Michigan State is get injured. So he's had, I think he's had what two or three like significant injuries, causing him to miss games. Yeah. Um, and when you look at it from this, from the, from his perspective. He's not increasing his draft stock at all. Like he is what he is, and coming back to Michigan State, risking injury and potentially cutting off that payday, even if it is an undrafted free agent, right? right. Even if it is just, hey, you're you're on a practice squad. I mean, practice squad players are still making like I think of what like seventy or uh, seventy or hundred thousand dollars a season. Like well, that's no, not, it's a, not it's more than that, is it? Um, yeah, I think
0: I think it's quite a bit more than that.
1: I thought practice I thought practice squad was like 100 150 maybe. Um not we're not talking 53 man 53 man roster we're talking just practice squad. But yep. still he's you know he's what a 22 23 year old kid that's making 150,000 dollars a year. Like are you, yeah, go. You're not going to increase your draft stock. Go show what you can do in the NFL. And if you get hurt, at least you got paid. Yeah. You look at <laughs> Reed, I, I saw, I saw, an,
0: I saw an analogy that I really liked, and it was the Cody White deal. You could probably yeah. benefit for from another year, but you are what you are at this point too. And so, I mean, I'm, I don't think he should have went. But when I, I when I heard he was going to go, I was like, oh, well, this means Jaden Reed's gone too, and Jaden Reed surprised us all.
1: Yeah. Well, so with Jaden Reed, right? There's nothing preventing him from being a first round wide receiver. He has the build, he has the height, he has the body. He has the ability to be a first round wide receiver and he played he played very well this year. If he can if him and Peyton Thorn stay on the same page, he become and he continues doing what he does, Do he play can play be... together. Cool. Uh yeah, I think I heard something like that. I'm yeah. Not sure. Um <laughs> But if he continues doing what he's done this year and this year, right, and he does it next year, he could play himself into the first or second round. The other yeah. side is you have to look at the wide receiver draft. Why? To so I was listening to uh, the Standing Room Spartans podcast today, and they said, yeah. "Hey, 36 wide receivers got drafted last year. So essentially, to get drafted, you have to play yourself into the top into the 36th." Now, Naylor. Appears yeah. says, "Okay, yeah. we got you. Yeah, this is a state championship high school. Like, I think it was like a hundred meter or five, four hundred meter sprinter in high school. So he has the speed. If he goes out and he runs, you know, a low four three, like somewhere in that time frame, somebody's going to take the. Somebody's going to. I mean, Gene Reed isn't running that kind of. He isn't running those lengths, right?" That, that type of speed, he's more of a possession, big body receiver. And he can absolutely increase his draft stock by coming back because there's this draft is chock full of those kinds of guys. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, I'll absolutely come back. And then when you take a look at Xavier Henderson, Henderson's coming back, number one, to increase his draft stock. Number two, he's going to be the guy on defense. It is going to be his defense. He's going to be the one out there leading the team, like Kari Willis did the year the year he left, um, Max Vola, Kenny Willekes, those guys that are out there, they're getting these guys pumped up. They're getting these guys in place. That is, He wants that. I think he came back not only to increase his draft stock, but also because he's coming back for the love of Michigan State.
0: I, I, I agree with that part that he's coming back for the love of Michigan State. I don't know if he's going to be the leader, though. That might fall on the shoulders of Cal Halliday already. And when you, look at, uh, when you look at it, though, I mean, you, you, you can't go pro. So uh, what would you say your role was in college? Oh, I was a leader of the worst secondary in the history of football. Yeah, um, yeah, pretty much. And, <laughs> I mean, part of it, to be completely honest, is his fault. He can't play in pass coverage. No. He's not. He's not good at that. He takes bad angles when he's got a close, say, I don't know, 15 yards on Andrew Anthony. Um, and so when you look at that, I, I mean, he, he has to improve that area of his game. He's got to improve that facet. Um, I think they're going to use him more in that run supporting role and as a pure, strong safety, as opposed to the interchangeable, uh, safeties that Michigan State tends to run. And I think that, uh, that may help him a little bit, but he, he's got to be better in pass coverage whether he's a string, He might have to be better in pass coverage if he's a freaking linebacker. So yeah. I, I think you've got to worry about that. Let's get to basketball. It is fully basketball season now, at least for the state of Michigan. Um, because, I mean, we just just throwing the towel on uh, the Lions. Um, but, <laughs> the Lions threw in the towel on you. Uh, yeah, about Thirty years and one day ago, <laughs> uh, this is their last playoff win. But yeah, only I'm a, playoff win. Only playoff win. Well, since nineteen fifty seven. I mean, in nineteen fifty seven, that that was a championship. That counts. Um. <laughs> anyways, let's let's not uh, go into this. I, I'll take us down a rabbit depression. hole. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> want to go down there. That's scary. Um, but talking Michigan State basketball is what we were doing, Michigan and Michigan State as they play this weekend, um, with football and everything else. I had absolutely no idea that this thing was already coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, both teams starting out on opposite ends of the spectrum. Michigan State expected to be middle of the pack in the Big Ten. Michigan expected to be top Top three. I mean, people who said they're going to compete, um, and well, let's just say they didn't know what was coming back up preview. you. Um, and so, I, there, a uh, Michigan was projected up there, and now Michigan is based on uh, what Joey brackets is saying that the worldwide leader in uh, douchebaggery is. Uh-huh. Michigan is on the outside looking in. Michigan State rolling up to a two seed. These teams are both started on opposite ends of the spectrum. And I mean, you can make a case like they didn't even pass each other when they passed each other. You know what I mean? Just with how quickly Michigan fell off and how quickly Michigan State's rising. That being said, this game brings some interesting matchups. Some matchups that don't favor Michigan State. And Michigan State has not played their best basketball in the last three
1: games. No. I will say this. I will say this. Michigan State is clearly running on all cylinders. If they can figure out the turnout turnover bug, they they are, you know, who knows where this team could go. Right? With that being said, Michigan will have the best player on the court on Saturday. Hunter Dickinson is better than anybody that's on state's roster right now. Mm-hmm. He just is. I mean, he is if that's why it was I mean, he was being pegged as like, hey, the front runner for the wooden award, like all of these pre preseason accolades because he was so dominant. Like he was so good last year. What mm-hmm. they didn't realize is that when you lose Livers and Pool and all those guys, when you lose all of them, Hunter Dickinson is just one man in the middle of the Like, he's got nobody to kick it out to. They just double everybody double-teams him every play. Yeah, you
0: you can't – you don't have the shooters, and that's a big problem. No Wagner, um, you know, he lost Livers, who could shoot. He could stretch it out. Shondi Brown was good. Mike Smith was known for his defense, but he could knock it down. You have – you had the shooters. You don't have them now. Eli Brooks is still around, and, yeah, look, obviously Caleb Houston can – can knock down a couple here and there and stuff like that, but it's not at the same clip that some of these other guys were. Some of these ultimately underrated guys, because I kept going on and on and on and on last year about Shawnee Brown. I loved watching him play. He's a great player, and yeah. I thought he'd get a bigger shot at the league. Um, but, yeah, without, without all that additional help, You know, Dickinson's value has decreased because he's still getting his numbers to an extent. But, A, it's harder to get them because you can't double down. B, they're not quite the same because you don't have to worry about that outside threat. And it's, I mean, like I said, he's still getting his a little bit, but it's not to that level that we thought that he would be, we thought he would take a big step up with improving his uh, jumper, with his mobility, and that ultimately hasn't happened yet. And I think the combination of losing what he lost, the fact he hasn't improved, like, we all thought that he would be able to, and, uh, you know, teams being able to double down on him, and being able to cover a shooter straight up one-on-one um, without uh, secondary help is absolutely huge. Michigan State, meanwhile, yeah, they've had a billion turnovers. You never know which point guard is going to play well, whether it be Tyson Walker or if it's uh, A.J. Hogart. But both of those guys, I mean, when one doesn't play well, the other does. And that's more or less a luxury for Tom Izzo based upon what he rolled out on the floor last year.
1: Yeah. Well, and so when you, when you look at it, right, like that's what makes this state team so, I guess, dangerous and infuriating to watch, right? Yeah. Is we, is you never know. Max Christie, he could go off for 30 points. He could also turn the ball over 10 times. You have Tyson Walker, who's like, I'm going to lead the best. I'm going to be the best point guard in the big Ten one game. And then I'm going to turn the ball over 17 times. Like, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of if you broke Cassius Winston into like three different players as a sophomore, that's what you, that's what you have. Like you have players that are just phenomenal when they're on and you're like, how are you a division one athlete when they're off? And uh, Hogarth
0: was off yesterday, but you know, then you turn around. Walker's making the plays. Gabe Brown, though, is playing out of his mind. He's not putting up twenty points a game or anything dumb like that. He, but he's playing well. And when he can, when his shot's falling, he locks down on defense as well. Yesterday, four steals, two blocks against Nebraska. Just. He's turning into a complete basketball player, and while I kind of thought he'd be from his sophomore year on, he's finally stepping into that role. Um, Christie went off for 21 last night. I'm thinking Uh, just off the top of my head, something like that. A uh, career high for him. It won't be a career high for long. Um, And you look at what Michigan State does, they get – They turn the ball over as much as they do. They're still on the higher scoring teams in the big Yeah, And that's absolutely incredible. That speaks to, A, the efficiency of everybody around the floor. Nobody's sitting there going 6-19 during the course of a game or anything like that. And then it also speaks to the defense because you're going to run out of layups. Yeah, you know, off of uh, the rebounds, and everyone. You know, you're gonna hear six times on uh, Saturday when Michigan Michigan State play. You're gonna hear, oh, this Michigan State team make or miss. They like to get out and run. Well, when you when you make a shot, or excuse me, when you miss a shot, it can it's usually gonna result in points for Michigan State, and yeah. it's a it's a credit to their defense. It's kind of like. Kind of like my team. My team can't run their offense in full. Uh, like the team that I'm coaching, they're balanced. But when, but we don't have that one guy who can just completely take it over. Um, though, like I said, Brown's got that ability. Um, they don't go to him all the time when they need a bucket. And then – It's like you get your points off of your defense. You get your points off of forcing turnovers the other way, which Michigan State's really good at. You get your points off of blocks and running it out the other way, which Michigan State leads the Big Ten in blocks. And that's how you get your buckets. And Michigan State scores – if they didn't turn the ball over, they might be the highest scoring team in the country.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just,
0: it's just one of those hindrances. But you never know who's going to play well. But at the same time, you never know who's going to take that shot. And you know, is this going to be Bingham's big game? Is this going to be Christie's big game? Is this going to be Walker? Is this going to be Brown? Is this? You know, you have to answer those questions, and it just makes it really, really difficult if you're trying to game plan for them.
1: Yeah. Well, and and that's I mean, so. That brings me to my next point and this isn't like a like a crap on Michigan type of moment. It's just this But I'll be more than happy to, to. Yeah, this speaks to the difference between Jawan Howard and Tom Izzo. You look Jawan Howard brought in like I think it was like the number 1 or 2 class in basketball last year. Number 1 And yeah. they they can't do anything. Like he hasn't developed them at all. There's no like, hey, we're and then you look at um you look at Izzo, right? Izzo brought in Max Christie, uh, Pierre Brooks, um, and I think there was one other one that came in. Jane Akins. Yeah, Jane Akins. Akins and Brooks were like, "Oh, these guys are going to dominate at the at the college level. You know, they're going to do great things next year." And I I don't think Brooks has really even seen the court, and Akins is like out there for maybe three minutes a night. He's like, "Nah, y'all ain't ready." Akins is
0: Akins is getting his shake, and he's had moments. I think two games ago was probably his best game, but he, he's had his moments, but yeah, you're right. Brooks hasn't seen the floor. And I mean, this is one of those things. This is one of the reasons why I, I, I think I know where you were going is just, you know you need a little bit of experience you need a little bit of that leadership and this is what I liked about the Christie signing is you had his high school coach coming out and saying hey this could he might have the talent to be a two or three year player but he might be a Michigan State for four and (laughs) those are the types of guys that Tom Izzo just absolutely loves and I, I I mean it it's obviously huge you can't sit there and do that um, I did have a conversation with Jeremy about this. He goes, "Juan and Calipari are the same type of guy. He goes, they both are heavy recruiters. Fact. You know.
1: Um, yeah, they're, they're great they're, recruiters. No denying yep.
0: that. He goes, but the difference is, is Howard makes John Calipari look like Shashevsky with the X's and O's. And if anyone knows anything about me and my thoughts towards Calipari, I think he's a terrible X's and O's coach. And <laughs> so, to, say, to have a comment like that to indicate Juan Howard is worse than that, I think is uh, – look, it should, it should frighten Michigan fans. You cannot run an NBA-style offense with – without a scorer on the wing or at point who's willing to just completely sit down, take over and dominate. You you can't do it. It's completely impossible because the NBA offenses now are not built for bigs and that goes back to what you said earlier, Hunter Dickinson's going to be the best player on the floor.
1: Yeah, hands down. It, he's going to be he's going to be the best player. Um and that that don't get me wrong. I'm absolutely like, I, that is not to that is not to belittle Max Christie or you know J. Tyson Brown. Walker or any of these other guys. Um, it is just a fact that Tyson or uh, that Hunter Dickinson is going to be the best player on the floor. Yep. With that being said, Hunter Dickinson is one, and then there's like six Michigan State players, and then the rest of Michigan, and that's why Michigan State will win because there's such a gap between one and two on Michigan. Well, the gap on Michigan State is very, very little. Like, Mm -hmm. we can throw – I would say we can throw, like, six – maybe seven to eight players out there and be able to competently run our team. Like, Izzo is fantastic at that. Michigan has to leave the same five players out there because every when they pull off those starters, everybody is such a negative uh, negative player on the plus and minus that they they can't get anything done.
0: No, and that – I mean, that's the thing, like I said – but you don't know if these guys from Michigan State can do it competently, cohesively, whatever else that may be. Because, you know, Brown played well last night. Hogarth played like crap. And so you got you hit, you have to try to figure that out. And like I said, it's one of the problems, but it's also a luxury to be able to have guys like even Joey Hauser can come in and he can play a great game. And yeah. that hurts. That's weird for me to say. Um, <laughs> but... but Hauser, and then obviously Malik Hall. But, yeah, look, the, the matchups, The I think Michigan State just matches up so much better. Uh, Brandon Johnson, Joey Hauser, that's a coin flip. They're both trash as far as me and Jeremy are concerned. Um, but when you put Malik Hall in there, that's going to change the game. Um, Bingham and Dickinson, obviously, Dickon, even though Bingham's been fantastic, Dickinson's a better player there. And then you get down to... Gabe Brown, and you get to Caleb Houston, and it's like I'm gonna take the senior role in that one. Uh, you get down to Christy and Brooks. Christy is one of the best on the ball defenders in the Big Ten already. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Christy there. Brooks has obviously got more of a history, and based upon that, you could say mm-hmm. he's better. But when you look at the height too between the two, you know Christy's got him by a few inches as well, and he's longer, and he's Yeah, a point guard for MSU starts falling out. Uh, they have an advantage over what Michigan has, and so th- this <laughs> should be Michigan State's game. They don't have the ability to score points in bunches unless they're uh, getting stops on defense. Because, like I said, their half court offense the guy who can completely take it over. But I think that. Uh, I think they can do just enough to get a win. It's probably going to be closer. It's a rivalry game. It's Mm that. knocking down their shots, it's, I think it has a, and it could get away from them.
1: Oh, yeah a- a- absolutely I I mean, if, if both Walker and Hogart are off on Saturday, then I could absolutely see this coming down to whoever has the ball last like, if, they're, if either of them are just finding their groove it's yeah. completely possible, because we, we don't have a Cassius, or even Aaron Henry uh, you know, we don't have that guy that's like I am going to win this. Game. I refuse to lose this. Game, right? Yep. Like just don't have the guys that go out and be like, I'm gonna score 50 points by half. We are not lose Not saying that they, they don't they don't have the drive or the talent. I'm saying it's not a complete time. Yeah. So- yep.
0: And uh see how that goes and hopefully Jeremy will be back to break that down for us, uh with us and hopefully he's better uh by I'm trying to think of when we would probably do this Sunday or Tuesday probably, but yeah, Sean, hey, thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone. Thank you for talking a little bit of basketball with us. Uh, you know, and Like I said, I appreciate you stepping in, in the clutch here to fill in, but that does you know, it for us here. Sorry?
1: You know who you need to get if, uh, if Jeremy's not available on Sunday or Tuesday? Can
0: you get a hold of him? Get a hold of who? AI. Can
1: you need to get AI oh,
0: and have him break. Yeah. Down? Well, here's the thing, man. I actually no disrespect. I called him like 5 days ago to ask him what he was doing for this. <laughs> and uh he, he's in Green Bay. So Well, he, I mean, to be fair, he, he's on Green Bay Yeah,
1: he's probably a little bit busier yeah. than I am with, you know, public speaking and writing books and doing photo shoots and stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I can see he has a relatively busy life. Where's the Lions game at this weekend?
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure the Lions aren't going to come out of the locker room because you gain nothing by playing.
0: No, yeah, but I'm I'm saying, like, they play Green Bay. I don't know if it's home or away. And so I don't know if he's just using business as an excuse. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know if it's home or away, so. I can't, you know, keep making that joke and make it funny or whatever else. But, yeah, we'll be back. We'll talk uh, We'll talk about the recap. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll see uh, Sunday or Tuesday to talk basketball, as that's in full swing. Any other declarations or something weird pops up, we'll obviously cover that as well. But uh, thanks again to Sean Vergovin for coming on. I'm Tyler Hayward. This is The Trouble with the Snap.